Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 989 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today on the show, I'll be speaking with Kevin. He's a 52-year-old gentleman. Kevin is 52, diagnosed at 45 with adult-onset type 1 diabetes, and he tested negative for antibodies. Isn't that something? Okay. He's a healthy guy, a hiker, and he's blindsided by the diagnosis. He also has Raynaud's, and he farms his own chickens and pigs for food. I love this episode. Kevin's terrific. You're going to love it, too. Arden calls in the middle of it. I don't think you hear her voice. Uh, What else? No, nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Don't forget to go to contournext.com forward slash juicebox to get one of those contour meters and second chance test strips. Use the offer code juicebox at checkout at cozyearth.com to save 40% off your entire order. And please find the private Facebook group for the Juicebox Podcast. Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes on Facebook. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by U.S. Med. You can get your diabetes supplies the same way we do from U.S. Med. Get your free benefits checked now by calling 888-721-1514 or go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Once again, that's usmed.com forward slash juicebox or 888-721-1514. Get your diabetes supplies the way we do from US Med. My name is Kevin. I am an adult onset type 1 diabetic. I am antibody negative by a number of different tests and uh, a long-time listener, first-time caller of the show. <laughs> I don't think anybody's ever said that before. Well, okay, Kevin, so wait a minute. So how old were you when you were diagnosed? 45. How old are you now? Uh, 52 this year. Really? You look terrific. Well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I told the doctor they had the wrong guy. Yeah. <laughs> I, I meant you don't look uh, like you're 52 or anywhere near it, actually. But it is the it's the blessing of your hair staying dark. Yes, it, it really is. I have it too, and having yeah. and having a full head of it. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Lucky. Yeah, people look at you and they're like, "What are you like forty? And I'm like, "Yeah, that's right. I'm forty. Uh, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> no problem. Sounds good to me. So you were born a year before I was. Okay. So what did you mean? You don't have any uh, antibodies? How have you been tested? So I don't remember the details. It was seven years ago, but I remember having the standard antibody test and I was antibody negative, which meant there were no antibodies present at the time of my diagnosis, right? Uh, And then the doctor or the endo said, hey, there's another test that's more sensitive or more accurate or something. And I had that run um, and that came back antibody negative again. And I want to say maybe a year later, they mm-hmm. did it again just to check and see if anything had shown up. But they're very confident you're a type one. Yeah. Yay. My body produces, you know, I had a little bit of a honeymoon period for a couple of years, but my body produces below the minimum recordable amount of insulin mm-hmm. on the, what is it, the creatine test or whatever they do? C peptide? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, C peptide. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Creatine. Are you lifting for bulk as well? No. <laughs> I'm not either. Was there any indication that something like this could have happened as far as like family history goes? I got to tell you, this really blindsided me. And and it's one of the reasons I wanted to come on the show because I felt so adrift and lost and clueless. Mm -hmm. So I I really have no family history. A a paternal great-grandfather had what they called the sugars back you know, at the turn of the last century. Yeah, yeah right, right. And, and that's the close. And I have, a, I have a cousin that's a type one diabetic, but he has been since he was a kid. Yeah. But other than that, like I've always been a really active person. I've always eaten better than most people I know. I'm not like a food Nazi, but I always ate three squares. I always ate from the three food groups, right? And I, I tend to be a runner, hiker, biker mm-hmm. kind of person. I'm not, you know, a, 
triathlete obsessive person, but I get my kicks and, and really enjoy staying active. I take the stairs two at a time. I park as far away as I can and I walk <laughs> everywhere. So at 45, is it fair to say you hadn't been sick in your life much? Not with anything like this. I, I started getting some exercise-induced asthma in my 30s mm-hmm. and a little bit of Raynaud's because I'm an old ice climber and I had froze my hands a couple times. Is- um, so two autoimmune kind of things started popping up in my 30s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, this really hit me like a ton of bricks. I had no family history. I'm not like a soda or a junk food guy. Yeah. Staying active. It was kind of crazy. And it's your, I can tell by the way you're talking that your connection like mentally to diabetes is around like health and, and what you consume until this happens to you. And now I assume you think like, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. the Raynaud's yeah. is, um, it, I mean, is autoimmune. Mm-hmm. So how about other autoimmune stuff in your family? thyroid celiac stuff like that so there is nothing i think i think there's a couple yeah my brother no my brother's good my mom i think has a slightly underactive thyroid but that didn't happen till later in life for her did they ever tell her if hers was autoimmune did they call it hashimoto's they did not call it hashimoto's and i don't remember her ever talking about it okay i mean the only the only the only other thing I could say is my dad got Alzheimer's and I've heard that called diabetes type three, right? It's sort of an insulin resistance to the brain. I don't know how much that plays into things. Yeah. I mean, I've heard about it talked, uh, I've heard about it talked about like, uh, an inflammation issue too. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Or so it's there. It's just, it's hard to see really. Now, do you have children? I do. I am the proud dad of four. Oh my gosh. Well, your penis works fine. All right. So, uh, <laughs> well, the first three were adopted. Oh, oh, okay. Never mind. I'm sorry. I'm going to never but, mind. <laughs> no, that's all right. It, it, it wasn't me. So they tell me, but that's all right. That's interesting. You adopted three and then, and then had one surprise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. so it wasn't happening. You guys, it, adop- it was, it wasn't, we, we kept getting pregnant, but it would never stick, honestly. And, oh, um, kidding. It was it was a tough road, and we thought we would always adopt, but then we decided we need to adopt because we really wanted to be parents. Yeah. Oh well. First of all, let me apologize for my snarky remark. And, yeah, I uh, think it's funny. <laughs> I, I get a kick out of it. It's an easy assumption to make, right? No. Yeah. Uh, oh wow, that's interesting. So, how old are your kids? I have the youngest is about to turn eleven. I have twins that are sixteen, and my oldest just turned eighteen. Wow. Are the 18, is the 18 year old and the twins, are they related? Nope. No. Okay. Nope. But the twins are definitely related. I'm just kidding. That's right. Yeah. Our oldest was a uh, international adoption and our twins were a domestic adoption. Okay. Now, do you have your youngest tested for antibodies? Have you thought about that? No. No. Okay. So I mean, we're, we're, he's kind of young. We're certainly aware of it. And I, I think it's. My wife works in the healthcare industry. She's a primary care kind of person, mm-hmm. provider. And so I know she watches us, you know, health-wise for, for all that kind of testing and, yeah. and so on. She's a big believer in early diagnosis. So you, you, you mentioned at the beginning then feeling adrift after all this happened. So I would like to hear about that. I'm going to tell you about one of the better decisions I made last year. I switched Arden's delivery of her diabetes supplies from where we were getting them to U.S. Med. And U.S. Med is more than edging out the service that we were getting from that previous company. Right from the comfort of your home or office, you can join over 1 million satisfied customers who rely on U.S. Med for courteous, knowledgeable, and trained customer care. And their representatives are going to keep you up to date with your medical and diabetic supplies all delivered right to your door. usmed.com forward slash juice box or call 888-721-1514 to get your free benefits check right now. US Med features a litany of things that you're going to love. How about an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau? They accept Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. They carry everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest CGMs like the Freestyle Libre 3 
the Dexcom G6, and a little bird told me the Dexcom G7 coming very soon. They always provide you with 90 days worth of supplies and fast and free shipping. Better service and better care is what you're going to get when you go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. On top of all of this, US Med is now dispensing Novolog Insulin Aspart and Humalog Insulin Lispro through their pharmacy benefits. What are you waiting for? USMed.com forward slash juicebox 888-721-1514. US Med is the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre systems nationwide. They are the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash. They are the place we got Arden's Omnipod 5s from. U.S. Med provides Arden with her Dexcom supplies. And they're the number one fastest-growing tandem distributor nationwide. I mean, I guess I could say it again, but are you just already online getting it done? Are you even listening to me anymore? Or have you already called 888-721-1514? Don't like the phone? USmed.com forward slash juicebox. The other day, I got an email from U.S. Med, and it said, Are you, uh, you want some more supplies? Uh, I guess it was time, and I said yes, I clicked the button, and then they just showed up. You want to do it like that? It's pretty damn easy. usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, for for about a year or so, I, I just felt amazingly low energy, which wasn't like me. Like I said, I tend to be a pretty high energy kind of go get them guy excitable and all that and i i didn't know what was going on my wife would tell me i I don't understand you never want to do anything you just want to sit on the couch and i I just remember being like you know maybe this is what people mean about getting old this Mm. must be what the 40s is it's finally hitting me or you know what people talked about when once you turn 30 it's all downhill i don't know what people meant yeah and um and so i started getting leg cramps right Mm mm-hmm the billet waking me up at night and I've run, I've paced people in ultra marathons in the desert. (laughs) I I know what leg cramps are (laughs) and I tried treating them with my normal little tricks of, of electrolytes. And I'm always real good about hydrating and stuff. And they didn't go away after three, four weeks or waking me up. And I I wake up in the morning feeling like I sprinted Hills all night long. I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And I went to the doc and they pulled some blood and they said, well, you know, your sodium's a little high, your potassium's a little low or whatever, but they're within range. And, and what's crazy is your blood sugar. You're, you got a 12.2 A1C. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And, uh, you need to go see the endocrinologist tomorrow. Yeah. Well, it's interesting when you're a kid, they send you to the ER and when you're an adult, they're like, just go find a doctor. Well, Uh, yeah, yeah. Clearly if my A1C was that high, I'd had some high blood sugar for a little while. Yeah. You know, then things started making sense, mm-hmm. you know, and initially I was diagnosed as a type two because I was antibody negative. And then I couldn't get like a CGM. I couldn't get a pump and all that kind of stuff. So I changed endos and it, it did hit me hard though. It was like, what, you know, what did I do? I, I immediately thought of, I must've done something, mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Started trying to think about, you know, the hereditary side of things. Is it in my family somewhere that I haven't discovered? And that's when I heard about my great grandfather, but yeah, it, it was really, so I, I came home that night, the next day from the endocrinologist. And I told my kids and I said, Hey, you know, this is weird, but I promise you pull up a chair and watch the movie. Cause I'm going to kick diabetes ass. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a challenge that I, I can manage and, and overcome. So let's, yeah. you know, it's going to be different for me, but, and I remember for a while it would bug me. Like when the grandparents would give the kids the basket of candy, when they showed up at their house, and I'd be like, ah, what are they doing? <laughs> and, and I grew up with like a scratch baking mom who worked in a third generation bakery. Right. Okay. And I, missed my baked goods and my wife's family was a they supplied industrial bakeries they ran a trucking company right she grew up baking and and just she didn't get i tried to solve it you know nutritionally i was like man i'm gonna 
I think I started on like 12 units a day of like long acting insulin and I do a little bit of meal time. That was at the try- beginning. And you were, were you were limiting carbs? Not, no. not being, they told you eat 30 grams a meal or something, I think is what I was told. Right. Okay. And I, I didn't, I knew enough about nutrition to understand what carbs were and, and what foods had them. I didn't understand sort of glycemic index and all that jazz mm-hmm. uh, the way I do now. Okay. When you sat the kids down, was it you just wanted to project, like, don't worry about this? Or were you were you projecting it to them, or were you projecting it for yourself? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, good question. You know, honestly, with, with the three older kids being adopted, I didn't want them to feel like another parental figure was not going to be there in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. Part of it was also for me that I needed to kind of throw out the challenge and rise to the occasion. So how do you do, I mean, I don't know what kind of direction you got from your physician, but was it enough to get you going? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, they taught me enough for the basics and I I wasn't getting the results I liked. I was like, Oh, this is kind of all over the map. I don't know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And I hadn't heard your podcast yet. (laughs) (laughs) I was very sheepish about insulin. I was, I was convinced that, Pump companies were, you know, that the pharmaceutical industry did not have my best interests at heart and that they were out there to just sell insulin and make a ton of money. And, and I still believe that to a certain extent, but I'm not quite as cynical about it. And and so I was trying to minimize my insulin intake. And I started, I, I think I used the zone diet because I heard that was a diet built to stabilize your endocrine system. And that was just like always doing math, always like tons of nutritional research at every meal. It was arduous. So after about three or four months, keto had sort of started catching on. And I'm like, oh, this Hmm. is the answer. Why am I pouring gas on the fire? Right. Why don't I let the fire burn, but I don't need to add fuel to it. (laughs) So I tried that and that was cool, but that that was the hard part, right? I never, that's when I started feeling really isolated, honestly, because it was really, this is you know, six years ago, right. keto was, was sort of a, a little bit of a blog thing, but it wasn't what it is nowadays. It, well, you couldn't find keto products at Costco or, right. yeah, yeah. you know, the, the supermarket or anything. And, and, and I remember my wife looking at me like, you are crazy. And my endo telling me, you know, you, you can't fast, you're a diabetic, you need to eat. And it was just like, man, this is bizarre. Yeah. Right? Hey, you like, can definitely fast. That's yeah, I mean, if you're insulin, well, you, you got to know how to, you got to know how to do it. You can't give yourself insulin like you're going to eat and then fast. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's happened called... to me once. Now <laughs> it's it's not the way I like to play. I have to tell you, Kevin, you just said something that made me like made me think about something I'd never thought about before. That as an adult, you might look up and think, "Oh, I see. Now I have diabetes, and the man's going to take advantage of me." And they're going to sell me their insulin and their pumps and their this and their that. And I never, that makes a lot of sense. And yet never occurred to me before that that would be a situation. But when you said it, I just thought I can see how someone would think that. I'll tell you a year into it. I was like, the ADA is broken. Modern endocrinology is broken. I can't believe they're telling me this is such a terrible disease to have. Feel bad for yourself. Eat what you want. Cover it with insulin. And, and give you very little guidance around how to do that, right? Yeah. Like your podcast, <laughs> I'm not trying to plug you, but I have to give you credit where credit is due, man. It really helped me understand the basics of pre-bolusing. It gave me the courage to be a little bold with insulin because you're like, man, unless you really mess up and give yourself like 50 units, you can always save yourself with a juice box, right? <laughs> Well, it so just it was pretty no, cool. No, I appreciate that. I think it's interesting that established lines of communication, establishment lines of communication will say the first part. They're like, don't you worry. You just do whatever you like. Don't change your life. Like you can handle this uh, with insulin. But then there's no second part that says, and this is how that happens. You know, they just they just say you can do it. And then knowing full well, by the way, that most people are going to fail at it while when they're trying in the beginning they don't know enough about it their settings are probably wrong like they're just they're too new at it to get it right so you tell somebody don't worry about it you don't have to change anything about your diet 
just use insulin, but we're not going to tell you how to use insulin. Then you have a failure, and then there's a pathway. You decide it's a fork in the road. Well, I'm either going to limit my carbs because that didn't work, or I'm going to keep eating the way I was eating and just assume that, well, this is just diabetes and my blood sugar is going to be high. It's just it's it's just interesting that they're willing to say so much of the first part of that statement, but not give you the rest of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. It's it's sort of a, a minimalist approach to the care that it takes to manage it. Well, well, they give you half the information, and it's the half that'll hurt you if you don't understand the second half. But it won't hurt you right now; it'll hurt you later. So that's not on them. But they won't yeah. tell you. But they won't tell you how to pre-bolus because if you do it wrong and get really low, well, then you're going to go back and say, "Well, the you know this mm-hmm. th- these people told me to do this, and look what ended up happening to me." It's it's half-assed at best. So, yeah, well, I'm glad it helps. So how do you find a podcast? Yeah, that's a good question. I can't remember where I heard about you guys. Probably through Facebook or something. Okay. I, I honestly don't remember. I was listening to a lot of podcasts and stuff back then. I might have heard your name through something else or a web search. What made you look for... I mean, what what roadblock did you hit that you thought, well, I have to go find other people on Facebook or something like that? I live in a pretty rural part of the Northeast, I'll say. And and so, like, sounds like in our local system, there's a type 2 support group that mm-hmm. you could join through the hospital. But there was really nothing for type 1s. I didn't know any type 1s. I felt totally... Like, man, how do you do this? And and I'm sort of a, a thirst for knowledge, kind of eternal student mindset person. And, and so I was always hungry for knowledge and figured out, you know, that this is, I'm new at this. I got to figure this out. I want to get better. You know, within six months, I think I had my A1C down to five and a half. Wow. And I generally, for the most part, keep it below six, right? Yeah. If I look at time and range stuff, I'm I'm usually... As far as the ADA standards, I'm I'm usually ninety mm. percent range between seventy and one eighty. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it takes a lot of work and vigilance, and it's like a part time job. You don't get a day off of. Is yeah. the way I I kind of see it. It's also made me a much healthier person. I'm super, super, you know, concerned with. I, I raise all my own meat. Do you I, really? We, we, yeah, we raise our own pork, chicken, and turkey. And we have layer hens that give us eggs, and that's kind of fun. So I, I pay a lot of it. I eat a lot of meat and vegetables. I still avoid carbs. I don't eat starchy vegetables or right. not much in the way of sugar. And I have to tell you. And, and grains. I'm forever confused about how things come together. Yesterday, my interview was with a woman who owns a farm in Washington State. <laughs> and, you know, cattle, pigs, chickens. Uh-huh. And as she sang that to me, I thought, oh, that was interesting. No one's ever said that to me before. And, 20, and 24 hours later, you're like, well, you know, like we raise our own poultry. I'm like, wait, what? How is that possible? Chicken are quick and easy. They're about 10, 10, 11 weeks and they're done. The pigs are about six months. I've never done beef because I don't, I'm pretty active in the winter. I love to snowboard. And when you want to grow beef big, you have to winter them. And I don't want to spend my time mucking out stalls and taking care of doing all that big, big animals. Have yeah. you always done that? Like what? No, this is newer. I grew up in like the Metro New York area. I'm a, I'm what you call a hobby farmer. I'm a flatlander that moved to the mountains and it's been about 10 years. Wow, that's crazy. So did you so you had kids in the city and you moved everybody? We yeah, we lived actually out in Utah for a while in, okay. in the desert because there are bigger mountains out there and more snow and fun stuff and rock climbing and all that. We moved back east to get closer to grandparents that we couldn't get to relocate. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> right. You spend all your disposable income visiting family and not vacationing. Right. It's a different right. So you came all back your free so we we came back and we're foodies. I'm married to uh, I'm married to a French Canadian, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm I'm Italian. It, it's like uh, foods a religion in our house. <laughs> and so I was at a friend's house and we had this chicken dinner. I was like, damn, this is the best chicken I've ever had, right? And it wasn't like the, the actual recipe. It was like, man, this is like tender and juicy and right. flavorful. And he's like, yeah, we grow it. And I'm like, what? And 
he wasn't from like a farming background or anything. And I was like, wow. So I figured it out. Right. You know? My father would tell me that his dad worked at a place where at the end of the week, this is a long time ago, obviously, you if you worked well that week, your bonus was a live chicken on Friday. Wow. So my my grandfather, who I never met, would apparently come home. He'd toss the chicken over the fence, like into the yard. And my grandmother would come out and, uh, you know, these are not. Butcher it. They, right. she'd, ring its ne- <laughs> she'd ring its neck and pluck it and make it for dinner. <laughs> you, you know, my dad would tell me that. And we were just far enough removed. Like, I'm your age. I'd be like, I don't know what you're saying, man. <laughs> you yep. know, like, that's yep. crazy. Uh, but it was like a regular part of his life. And so yeah, it's, I don't, I, I do the butchering. I don't do the slaughtering. I hire a couple of people. I did slaughter my own pigs once or twice. It's a lot of work, mm-hmm. honestly. And I'd rather be doing other things. So, yeah. Well, that's interesting. So you live in a place where you can have somebody come to your property to do it, or do you take the animals to them? Uh, you can do it either way, but I have people come to us and just take care of it. I'm fascinated by that. Oh, okay. Um, all right. So how are you managing? What are you, are you using a pump? MDI. Yeah, so you know, thanks to you, honestly, I found looping. Oh, no um, kidding! So, so I became a looper with the old Riley Link with the little screw cap covers on them. Yeah, and then so so that's what got me into the pumps. I found a diabetic educator that convinced me. She's like, you might even be able to cut your insulin down with a pump because the long acting. My you know my honeymoon was waning mm-hmm. with the insulin production, so I started using. Uh, at the at the same time, I found looping, so I'm like, I'm going to do this all together. I got looping, and and by then, I the new the new endo situation I was in had classified me as a, a type one. She's like, you're just not producing insulin, so you might as well. I'm just going to say you're type one. Mm-hmm. You're really a one and a half, right? Did they use the word lotta? Yeah, 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 they did. But yeah, so I I've been looping ever since. I'm on an orange link now, and I am just. I've been sort of off the reservation for a while as far as looping goes Mm -hmm. for information. And I just realized I got the email that the Eros is going away at the end of the year. They're not going to make it or whatever anymore. And I just learned that the, what is it? The dash, right? Means you don't need to carry the Riley link or the orange link. Yeah, you could, you could get dash pods and loop three and you'd Mm -hmm. be, you'd be able to do it. That's what Arden's doing now. And I haven't updated my loop in so long because my my Mac laptop got so old it won't update to the new <laughs> operating system that you. Well, need, you're gonna so. have to pack up the wagon and go into town and find another one. <laughs> I, I I have to. Well, you could. I guess you could force update your Mac. It may run a little slower. Mm-hmm. Um, but I've I found out. Like I I actually again thanks to you I hired Integrated Diabetes to teach me how to use and set up my link. Really? My Riley in my looping because I, I didn't want to deal with it. I'm like, I had too much going on. I had four young kids and just life going crazy. And know, it was working to... and it's working, right? So, yeah, it's working, yeah, working yeah. great, working great. Good for so, you. I'm going to switch to the new loop three and, and the dash system and not have to carry the link around, which will be nice. Yeah. And, and see how that goes, you know? You know, it's interesting because you have a, you have a slower, way of talking. So you're drawing me into your pace and it's giving me more time to think about what you're saying. And this is probably more than you care about, about what's going on in my head, but there's a reason I'm telling you, I don't normally spend time thinking, Oh, there's a guy and he has four kids and a wife and he raises his own chickens and his health is where it is partially because of something the podcast did. It's too heady to think about. So I usually just roll through it. But I don't know there's something about the conversation with you that's allowing me to slow down and feel it. And I'm having a much more like um, uh, emotional response to what you're saying than I usually do. I'm usually just like, yeah, 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 that's great. Good for you. And um, we're happy we helped. Yeah, <laughs> glad, glad it helped. You know, I don't know what it is. Maybe also I don't usually do video. So like looking at you is, <laughs> this is obvious, but like humanizing you more. And, you know, sure. yeah. And I'm, and I'm sitting here and I'm like, oh, my gosh, like I did a thing and this guy's life is better. And uh, it is. it's just very, um, it's, I don't know, Hetty's, I guess the only thing that I'm coming up with, like, I'm having my, having trouble, like, you'd think that would be something I got past. This is like the ninth year I've been doing this, but. Um, yeah, I know. Yeah. I, I look at a guy like you, I can remember hearing, I think your podcast, I don't know, 
five years ago or whatever when I started looping and you were like I one of your taglines back then was like I need you guys to do this so that I can stop doing this podcast. Kind of thing. <laughs> I forget exactly what you were saying. But well, yeah, it was, I was like, like man, you know, if you guys all figured it out, then I could stop doing this. And right, um, but right. then more and more people came, you know, close to 300 people a week joined the Facebook group. And wow. they're just it's just new people constantly like coming in the podcast. It leapt up this. It's pretty consistent the way it happens. Like you get a. Well, not everybody does, but I get a surge in December and then I get a, a, a leap in January. And so every year it jumps up. But I swear to you that in 2023, I saw an increase of like 3000 downloads a day, which wow. is, is significant. You, you know what I mean? Like just to, yeah, because I think what happens is I think the end of the year comes and everybody kind of gets into the holidays and they say to themselves, like, I'm going to like when the new year hits, the calendar is a big part of how people help take care of themselves, which I know is obvious because there's New Year's resolutions. I never really believed in that till I saw how the podcast grows and where it grows. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, so, and I think, honestly, that's a historical thing, right? Looking yeah. back, even even before New Year's resolutions were a thing, I think there were just celebrations at the end of the year that created feasts, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Then, there was tough times of the year when people were scrounging. Yeah, it's like, hey, we got through. Now it starts mm -hmm. again. Now it's time for me to address things. So anyway, long way of saying, I don't see how I can possibly stop making the podcast. Uh, apparently, I'm going to have to make it, you know, right up until the end. But I enjoy it a lot, so that's fine. And we do find new things to talk about. Like, I got a little behind on content for Jenny. So Jenny and I are, we're making a new series. So I don't want to start putting it out till I have enough of it where I know I won't miss a week. Right. Sure. So, so I didn't have like a management kind of episode this week. And I contacted Erica. She's the therapist that comes on who has type one. And I nice. said, Hey, can you come on and talk about guilt and shame? I have this post in the Facebook group where people have been really open about how they've experienced it. Let's go through those. And so we recorded that yesterday. I put it up last night, which is not the norm for me. And this morning, there's a gentleman in there talking about like a revelation he had from listening to that. And it's just, oh. it, it's just very interesting to see that you're, there are other ways to help people with diabetes that aren't necessarily, you know, pre-bolusing and that kind of stuff. You know, I have to tell you, bringing up guilt and shame that, I was certainly full of that, right? Because you, you feel like you're failing on your mission. If you threw yourself out there to your kids, I'm going to take care of this. And then you're not getting the results you want or you don't know what to expect, right? Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one of the biggest things that helped me was stumbling into that diatribe organization. Sure. Right? And And that Adam Brown had put that book out for free. The Variables book. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah oh, yeah. my word. That. Right, there were right. so many, so many pieces to that. I felt like, how is every endo in the world not handing people this book yeah. when you go in? Bright spots. Why am I getting that silly food values book handed to me <laughs> Adam, when I first get diagnosed? It took him. It took me a minute to uh, to come up with it. But Adam's book is called Bright Spots and Landmines. That's right. Right, That's and right. he's a type one. He's been on the program. He wrote the book, and Diatribe distributes it for free. I think. They used to. I'd, I'd be amazed if they still didn't. I think you had to pay like four bucks for shipping when I'm I did it. I'm and looking it, it right was now. Really helpful. You know, it, free PDF on Amazon for six bucks. Kindle for two. Uh, listen to an audio box, uh, audiobook free on Diatribe, or purchase it on Audible, Amazon, or iTunes. Yeah, they, I mean, are obviously motivated to just put it in people's hands. Same thing for Canadians, UK, Australia. There's links here. Diatribe.org. It's right at the top. Yeah, that and reading, you know, just re I'm on their daily or whatever, their weekly email. There's always good inspiration that, that they've put out. But that book, more than anything, I think, really helped me deal with some guilt and shame issues around it. That's excellent. Yeah, I, he'd love to know that. That organization is run by some really smart people. I, I emailed him and thanked him. And I even yeah. got like a, a list. I was like, I'm going to try and help you put your book out there. I mean, you, I, I can build email campaigns, <laughs> email endo offices and tell them about this resource. I, you know, I started evangelizing it as best as I could. That's lovely. What, what do you do for a living? Like what kind of work? I am a corporate 
recruiter. Oh, okay. So you know I, how to... I was I was an old traveling sales rep in the outdoor industry for a long time. Right. And when when the family started getting bigger, I needed to get off the road, and I found recruiting. Mm. So you know how to reach people digitally, and yeah, 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 yep. yeah. it's not as easy and as people think. No, yeah, <laughs> it's actually... it's, a, it's usually a numbers game. There's a little bit of persuasion. Yeah, yeah, a yeah. Bit what... of luck. I get cold emails all day long about everything and there are we all do, we oh, all do unless you live in a cave without wi-fi i want to be on your podcast i want to i'm a coach i have this i have this i want to sell it like i got to get on do you mm-hmm. you know can you can i have an ad can i do this here's what i want to sell like it's just it's and my point is is that there are moments when i'm deleting them and i'm like i feel bad for these people like i know how hard they're trying and then and but you're just like well this isn't right i don't even have time to tell them that and then if you do tell them that they take that as like like a crack in the door so that they're, they come back and they sell you again i'm like oh god i was just trying to be polite all right i'll stop that but no that's so did you have any luck doing that like, like contacting offices i didn't get far down the road okay. i was in between jobs when I had reached out to him oh, okay. and, and I didn't get too far. I mean, with, with all the, all the endo people I brushed up against, I think they were really excited about it. Yeah. They had heard about it, but didn't, you know, like you, they get assaulted with a million right. promotional yeah, <laughs> sort of approaches people, people to hear, say to, me. to hear my, to hear my take on it and, and what a difference it made to me. Hmm was was really i think it's personal yeah yeah i people say to me all the time like you should get the pro tip series or the bold beginning series and they're like doctor says i'm like you you know how to do that go ahead and do that i think i've come away understanding is that you you mentioned it it's a bit of a numbers game and you know i i believe in the rule of tens now that i have a podcast a lot you know you've got to reach 100 people to get 10 people to click to get one person like that i believe in more than anything but also just that things are are spread most effectively by real people telling another person about it. It's just, it's just the way it works. So I don't like there's a shortcut where I think everybody would be, everybody's business would be amazing and everybody would be rich if there was a shortcut to uh, spreading information. So anyway. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. Well, yeah, I have to say another thing that brought me huge comfort was when I first got the CGM. Mm-hmm. I, I, I remember after like a week with that thing, I got a Dexcom. I think it was a G5 then. I can't remember. And I'm on the 6 now. And it, it, I was just like, why isn't everybody given one of these upon diagnosis? This yeah. is the most educational piece of equipment in the world. Yeah. Like, it's almost, I was pricking my finger like 10 and 12 times a day. It's like you're creating biohazards <laughs> with blood. <laughs> like, you know, like, this is disgusting. Who wants to be near me, right? Like, this is crazy and you know i'm just trying to figure out what what makes my stuff go up or down or sideways yeah yeah the the finger sticks are like when you need an accurate number there's nothing better than an accurate meter but sure if you're just sticking throughout the day you're trying to imagine what a puzzle looks like and you've got 10 of the 100 pieces of it and it's just it just it's yeah, more, right. it ends up being more confusing right you know because then you see shadows you're like well i don't know i was 180 here and now i'm 70 over here and then you make assumptions about what happened in between and you really have no idea so yeah, you know it's, it's tough well i mean cost is obviously and the way the healthcare system set up right but i think you're right like just from an intellectual perspective like you, somebody should say to you oh my god you have diabetes this meter uh, that you attach to your body this glucose monitor and that should be the conversation right there it's going to show you what's happening and over time, we're going to learn how food and insulin impacts you, and we're going to make adjustments based on this information. Nothing more important than this, and instead, it's anything but. So, you know, for most people, yeah, I mean, it it proves to me, like when I don't get enough sleep, how much more insulin resistant I was. I, I was suspicious of that. I had heard about it, but then I, you see the numbers, and you can't argue. And then, or days that I'm stressed, I have a lot going on, or whatever. Right? Yeah. Times in my life when I'm more stressed out, I can easily track the insulin resistance i'm like oh yeah look at that i gotta hit it harder i think it's interesting for people to hear it spoken about simply that way too just the idea of 
like, you know, I don't know what happened. You know, you hear people say all the time, like, I did, this, I did the same thing I did yesterday. And now today uh -huh. it's different, but they don't see everything. Like, for instance, yesterday I slept eight hours and today I slept five hours or today I'm afraid that, you know, we're all going to go broke and die because I can't afford and I'm, you know, and work is stressful and, you know, all the stuff that comes with it. And then you see a 40 point rise in your blood sugar and, you know, I don't, that's, it's brilliant. Why are you able to figure all this out? Like, what is it about how your brain works that leads you to making these like leaps and then trusting them? Because I think other people see this stuff, but they don't, sometimes they don't put it into practice or they don't believe it. I don't know a way to say that exactly. My wife told me early on, and the longer I've sort of been saddled and, and been a type one, I get, she said, you know, I don't think you understand how lucky you are. You've got resources, right? I'm not eternally wealthy, but I'm a middle-class guy and I've got decent insurance and I'll pay the piper for the rest of it. And then I, I I've always been sort of a closet nutritionist. I've always been sort of a little bit fascinated by that. And I've always been into my lifestyle as far as being active. One of those continual improvement kind of nothing's ever good enough personalities. Well, yeah, sure. So you're always trying to problem solve and make something 1% better somehow or another. Yeah. Well, I think that for me, it's, I'm obviously was motivated by my daughter's health, but at the same sure. time, at the same time, I'm not good at just like, well, I guess this is good enough. Like, I don't, I, I don't have a, I don't think I have a mechanism that stops me and just says, oh, you know, sit down now. It's okay. Uh, you know, we, we, I could take the next year off. Yeah. Right? We got three quarters of the way there. Let, let it be. Right. I've touched a million people. Yeah, I yeah. can skip, skip it. I just mean, even in like in her, in her personal life, like, you know, you have a problem and you get like, Oh, like when I saw the a one C when she was little, almost touched nine. And then we got it from eight to seven. Like I didn't see seven and go, I did it. I was like, well, where's six. And then, you know, when I saw six, I was like, well, where's five? Right. Obviously what we're doing is working. Like, let's just keep tightening the screws and see what, you know, see what we can make happen here. Whereas I think, I mean, you mentioned, you know, like institutions the other, you know, recently too. Like if an institution tells you a seven's okay, then you get to a seven and you go, good, I'm done. That, yeah. You know, yeah. That's it. You know. Another thing that had a big influence on me was I bumped into that, that Dr. Bernstein book. I forget the title of it. Right. But he's a guy sort of instilled in me, you know what, I might be type one, but I have every right and every ability to normalize my blood sugar, mm -hmm. right? Like there's never been a better time. There is so much technology. I mean, there's ice cream that tastes like ice cream, right? Like <laughs> chocolate that tastes like chocolate. The sweeteners are better, right? Like the technology can inform you. It can take care of you while you sleep. I mean, there's so many, but I was like, I believe diabetics can normalize their blood sugar. Some of us, it's harder than others for sure, but it, it can be done. Right. You know, it's, that's kind of my mission. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I, early on making the podcast, what, what I felt like I saw more than anything was that I had to get the information to people and they needed to hear it without hitting some sort of a roadblock that would make them say, well, forget this. You, you know what I mean? Like, and I, sure. and, and I chose the idea of understand how to use insulin and you could probably bolus for almost anything. That is, mm -hmm. does not mean I think you should like eat a half a gallon of ice cream tonight when you're like, I'm going to have an after dinner snack. Like I don't, it does not mean that I think you should have nachos and burgers and you know fries and live and live off of it right? yeah and live off it constantly i sure. think I, what it what it means to me in my heart is you have a burger like and throw some fries with it that's great not every day like like you know like once in a while and I, so i think i got i think in some people's minds i was the guy saying eat whatever you want and here's how you bolus for it which is what i'm saying that wasn't that wasn't your tenant though. No, right? no, no. It was just understand how to use insulin. But some people take it as, well, I can eat whatever I want. And you can, by the way, but there are going to be mm -hmm. there's retribution coming if you decide to eat in an unhealthy way constantly. And so 
when people, I think there are some people who listen to the podcast who would have heard you say, oh, I, I read Dr. Bernstein's book or probably thought like, oh, Scott's probably going to say something about it. I don't give it like if you want to eat low carb, I think that's that's amazing. You know what I mean? Like whatever works for you. But let's not lie to ourselves about what's working. That's all. Like if it's working, it's working. But, you know, if you're I don't know, if you eat a giant pancake at IHOP and your blood sugar is 350 for five hours afterwards, then that's not working. You know, yeah, like, it wasn't because he didn't sleep last night. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> and and don't get me wrong, I can bolus for IHOP. I don't know when the last time I've been there is, but like I could figure it out, and maybe sure. and maybe everyone else could too. Just don't settle for less than healthy and use some sort of excuse to make it okay. Yeah, I'm with you. No, you. What I figured out from sort of your messaging was you kept it so sort of elegantly simple was like it's timing and amount right if you read adam brown's book landmines right there's a million he's got whatever 42 factors or something that affect blood sugar which is great for inquiring minds that want to know that but when you simplify it to two things right Mm -hmm. most people can digest that they can figure out all right well take a little more or I take a little less or I take it earlier right? or I take it later. Yeah. It's, and what, what do I do when I do take it later or earlier kind of thing? And it's my expectation that you can't just say, like, I'm sure that I could sit down and come up with a list of things. And if you did all of these things, you ha- would have considered every possibility, but that's just not how this works. You know what I mean? Like, can you imagine like unfurling like a, like a scroll at the, gr- oh, you know what this could be? Uh, I did have a cold last week. Like, you know, you know, so. Oh, right. Right. Yeah. You'd have some giant matrix of different influences on your blood sugar. Right. So you put the things into the podcast and so that hopefully people sort of pick them up almost unknowingly. And so that when they get into a situation, maybe it occurs to them and they go, oh, you know what? This could be, I'm not hydrated or like, you know, whatever it ends up being like, I don't know, I'm stressed out or blah, blah, blah. I, I just I want to say I want to say the things enough times in enough different ways that as many people as possible have an opportunity to absorb it, come away with something that will help them. So I don't know. Hopefully that helps because you've said a couple of things in your conversation that I was like, oh, that's important. And I hope people hear that. But I mean, if I if I got you, if I got a hold of you and I said, hey, Kevin, just come on for five minutes. Tell me all the important things you know. You wouldn't know. Right. That. Couldn't do yeah, it. The conversation's yeah. what leads to it, you know. So anyway, right? how do I, let's say I want to have a chicken and, and I want it to give me eggs. Is that a thing I can accomplish in my life? Easy. Yeah. It's easy? It's, it, it's so strange, right? So get this. Chickens are born with every egg they're ever going to lay. It's all about how quick you squeeze it out of them. No kidding. They need a certain amount of daylight to do it, Okay. right? So if I don't have where I live is pretty far north. And so if I don't have enough daylight hours, I have to put a light source on for them. And it doesn't take much. There's, you know, like even I think William Sonoma sells backyard, you know, backyard coops. You could build a coop no bigger than a doghouse. You know, each chicken lays roughly an egg a day and they're good for three to five years as far as laying. My neighbors aren't going to hate me. Not unless you, unless you had like 20 or 50 of them, right? They don't smell that bad. They'll scratch around your lawn. We have a bunch of dogs. We love animals. We have three dogs and, and three cats. They eat all the insects. Like we basically stop getting fleas and ticks. No kidding. Um, hey, Kevin, hold on well, a second. T- ticks especially. Yeah. Arden's calling me and she's got to go to urgent care for something. Give me a second. You do I apologize. Man. Hold on. Hey, how are you? I am, but I, I'm I'm paused. What do you need? There's a ch- a church across the street, apparently, where you can park. You might have to go around a big block and come back again. Just keep. All right, so put it back in your nav and follow it again. Oh, okay. And there's no street parking. Um, then let's find the church address for you because maybe that'll help you get to it. Okay, and and there's a church there, and you can't just turn into it. Just take your time. Okay. All right. All right. Um, I'll be done recording probably like 20 minutes. Okay. Go get checked in. Bye. Sorry. Arden has, she's in an art school and she's been drawing for like a week straight. And she woke up yesterday and her neck was really stiff and her shoulder was stiff. 
And she's like, it was bad, but it was okay. And she's like, and this morning I woke up and it feels like there's a rock in my shoulder and I can't turn my head. And we were like, all right, well, you might need like a muscle relaxer or something like that to help you out. So this is her going to urgent care for the first time on her own. And uh, she's not good at street parking. So, so she's like, there's no street parking. I can't turn my head. And the place across the street, they said we could park at the church. I can't figure out how to get into. And then just all of a sudden she goes, oh, wait, I'm in. I almost killed everybody, but I'm in here now. I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, so she's heading in now. It's, uh, it, it is it is beautiful to hear your little tales. And <laughs> I, I almost feel like I've heard her grow up a little bit listening to the podcast for years, right? And that's strange. Ha- yeah. Having an 18-year-old, I, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah they it's, they it's, call you and they're like, what do I do? And it's this morning. Like The text comes this morning. Hey, are you guys awake? And I said, I am. Are you checking on us? And she goes, oh, my neck hurts. And we're like, uh, and that feeling, Kevin, that like, she's like 13 hours away. She's like, you know, I know she can handle this. Like, she'll be okay, but she's never had to before. So she's working that out too. You know, and, and that, that horrible feeling of like, oh, if I was there, I could help her. And so, yep. you know, I've just been trying to walk her through it. And I actually had a moment this morning where I thought, I felt kind of grateful. Like it's interesting. I have no um I have no religious background, but I'll talk like you'll you'll hear me talk and think that I must. But I felt really grateful this morning that just all this technology existed in, in regards to like communication. Like how quickly we were able to talk to each other. And then, you know, if texting wasn't adequate, we could look at each other and like, you know, it's just really I mean, it's a big deal, like because 15 years ago, my parents would have said, or excuse me, all those years ago when I was Arden's age, my parents would have been like, I don't know, figure it out. Right. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now it's like, oh, do this. There's a place up the street you can go. Right, she, let, let me look on Google Maps. All yeah, right. Do you yeah. see that green sign over there on the right? Exactly. On the street and view. She, and she goes, but dad, they don't take insurance. I said, that's fine. Just pay cash and we'll submit it to the insurance later. And And even that. Like being able to say that is a big deal, you know? So anyway, she's going to be fine, but it's, yep. it's like, and the f- they need, they need to figure some stuff out. Right? Oh, hundred percent. Oh my God. That, and well, cause that's the other side of all this is that this stuff can make everything so easy that nobody knows how to like get into a scrap and, you know, throw some hands with life and get through it. You know, it's been very good. I'm, I was even happy. I miss my son a lot, but I'm happy that he moved out because he's he's having experiences and figuring things out. And, hey, you know. spreading his wings. Yeah, right? learn, learn how to fly on his own. It's what it is. All right, now speaking of learning how to fly, the chicken won't fly away, so that I don't nope. have to worry about. But I do need a, nope. a fence. Yep, you need a fenced area. Your fence needs to be about four feet high. Uh-huh. I wouldn't put a rail on top of it because they like to perch and they'll fly up to the rail. Okay, and they scratch around and they peck all the. The stu- they eat little leafy green things, and they eat little critters, and they fertilize, right? So you'll have beautiful green grass. <laughs> that's it. And I get a free egg once a day. Yeah, that's right. That's All right. right. All right, I'm in. It's, I'll do it. It's fun. Where do it's I buy fun. a chicken? Chickens are us? That's not a thing, right? Does Amazon have them? There are places that mail order the chicks. You have to raise them. Or you go to, to like, if you Google feed store, I don't know where you live, but mm-hmm. more rural areas have feed stores. If you have tractor supplies near you, that kind of store typically has like spring chicks that they sell and they're only a couple of bucks each and you buy a little, you buy a bag of feed for them and you have a waterer and that's it. You feed and water them, make sure they got a heat lamp when they're little for a couple of weeks. And they can live in the cold in the winter and all that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, They don't need a living room or carpets or anything like that? (laughs) No, no. I, I have a wood chip floor for them. They, they live in a barn. That's amazing. All right. Yeah. You got to get your eggs sooner, right? If yeah. it's going to be below zero, you better go pick those eggs up before dinner. Or they're going to freeze solid because they stop laying on them and then they go to roost. Oh, no kidding. And, and yeah. are they going to like pull out their feathers and go crazy ever? Because I don't know what to do if that happens. I don't keep roosters. Roosters are the bosses. They tend to create what they call the pecking order and they'll peck the okay. less desirable ones. <laughs> so... <laughs> I, I I just keep a bunch of females around, and just that's a, how we do it. Just occurred to me, I know what tractor supply is because of Yellowstone. Do you watch Yellowstone? Oh, cool, I do not. They, I do not. Tractor supply seems to be the biggest ad supporter of Yellowstone. 
Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting? Because you said tractor yeah. supply, and I'm like, I know what that is, but why do I know what that is? <laughs> All right. That's funny. So, Kevin, is there anything we haven't talked about that we should have? I don't know. I think we, we covered a lot of ground. I was just, like I said, really grateful for what, what you've done and, and shared with the world and how much it's made a difference to me, and I just wanted to be part of that, well, give back a little bit. It was very kind of you. I appreciate it. I find, in the end, most people want to come on just to spread what they've learned or what they've been through. And it's just, it's really valuable. So I appreciate you taking the time to do it. Thank you. You bet, man. Yeah. You bet. Hold on one second. Thanks again. Me. Oh, no, Keep it's my good work. Oh, it's my, my pleasure. Hold on one second. How about Kevin coming on and giving us that great interview? Thank you so much, Kevin. And thank you, US Med, for sponsoring this episode of the Juice Box Podcast. Once again, 888-721-1514 or usmed.com forward slash juicebox. Whether you use the phone number or the link, you're going to reach people who are waiting for you, Juicebox Podcast listeners, to contact them. Don't let them just sit there all bored. 888-721-1514 or usmed.com forward slash juicebox. If you're interested in what's going to happen on episode 1000 of the podcast, stay tuned. I've been using an editor for the podcast recently. I just got so far behind and I found the perfect fit with a, a really professional, great person, uh, somebody who's involved with type 1 diabetes, and um, just a great fit. It does wonderful work. Anyway, I was talking to Rob one day, and I said, is there anything you could do about the horrifying audio in some of the pro tip series? Actually, like the first 15 or 20 episodes are kind of janky. And Rob did an amazing job on them. So for episode 1000, we are going to re-release the pro tip series, the Diabetes Pro Tip series from the Juice Box podcast, starting at episode 1000. And I'm going to put them out in order, 1,001, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, all the way up. There's 26 of them. Now, I know what you're thinking. Scott, are you going to release the podcast 26 days in a row like that? I'm not. But I do want to keep the episodes together numerically. So what I'm going to do is, starting with episode 1,000, I think for the first week, you'll get the first four or five episodes of the Pro Tip series, depending on how the calendar lines up. And then when we get to the weekend... I'm going to put out all of the episodes over the weekend. So if we get out, you know, the first four, then the next 21 are going to come. Like every couple of hours over the weekend, fill up your podcast player. You can listen to them or don't listen to them. But the idea is that in the future, when people are trying to find them and we're referencing where they are, they'll be together. Episode 1000, episode 1026 is the Diabetes Pro Tip series. Anyway, the audio is way way improved. It's Rob's a magician. I think you're going to love it. If you've listened to the Pro Tip series already, I'll tell you what, listening through again is never a bad idea. I listen to them sometimes. They remind me about stuff. And if there's a person in your life who you've been thinking about telling about the podcast, this might be a really terrific time to introduce them. Once there was a time when I just told people, if you want a low and stable A1C, just listen to the Juicebox podcast. But as the years went on and the podcast episodes grew, it became more and more difficult for people to listen to everyone. So I made the Diabetes Pro Tip series. This series is with me and Jenny Smith. Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She's also a registered and licensed dietitian and a type 1 herself for over 30 years. And I, of course, am the father of a child who was diagnosed at age 2 in 2006. The Pro Tip series begins at episode 210 with an episode called Newly Diagnosed or Starting Over. And from there, all about MDI, pre-bolusing, insulin pumping, bumping and nudging, variables, exercise, illness, injury, surgeries, glucagon, long-term health, bumping and nudging, how to explain type 1 to your family, postpartum, honeymoon, transitioning, all about insulin, temp basils, these are all different episodes, setting your basal insulin, fat and protein, pregnancy, the glycemic index and load, and so much more, like female hormones and weight loss. Head now to juiceboxpodcast.com. Go up in the menu at the top and click on Diabetes Pro Tip. 
Or if you're in the private Facebook group, there's a list of these episodes right in the featured tab. Find out how I help keep my daughter's A1C between 5'2 and 6'2 for the last 10 years without diet restrictions. If you have type 2 or pre-diabetes, the Type 2 Diabetes Pro Tip Series from the Juicebox Podcast is exactly what you're looking for. Do you have a friend or a family member who is struggling to understand their type 2 and how to manage it? This series is for them. Seven episodes to get you on track and up to speed. Episode 860, Series Intro. 864, Guilt and Shame. Episode 869, Medical Team. 874, Fueling Plan. Episode 880, Diabetes Technology. Episode 885, GLP-1s, Metformin and Insulin. And in episode 889, we talk about movement. This episode is with me and Jenny Smith. Of course, you know Jenny is a certified diabetes care and education specialist. She's a registered and licensed dietitian. And Jenny has had type 1 diabetes for over 30 years. Too many people don't understand their type 2 diabetes. And this series aims to fix that. Share it with a friend or get started today. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.